Welcome to Late Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Charles. He hath returned. He hath returned. Uh, so full disclosure, you know I always want to have you on the show, but you and I truly have opposite schedules. So like <laughs> getting you on the show is a little tricky. You know, like ever having to record before noon, for example, is like a hard no. <laughs> it is a full negotiation every time. <laughs> So obviously, like, I don't want to say that you weren't my first choice for recording, but just schedule wise, you're never the first choice because I want to let you sleep and rest before you work. Um, But this week, Meredith is on vacation. Eric is going to a chess tournament. What a nerd. Fucking nerd. So I just wanted to mention (laughs) it so we could both shame him. You fucking nerd. Boo. It's almost as if he's going to like a pen convention. I bet he wanted to, but he couldn't find one. So he's like, I guess chess. I'll settle for, for chess. So I texted Meredith and I was like, do you want to pass along a message to the people since you can't be on the show today? First of all, we were talking about the Unabomber dying. So she was like about Ted Kaczynski. And I was like, I mean, if you want to make a public statement about Ted Kaczynski, you absolutely could. But she didn't want to make a statement about that. So she just sent, fuck the police, wear sunscreen. Avoid Fast X until it's straight up free on streaming, and then be sure to focus on Momoa. Okay. I I think I agree on all with all of those things. Did you see it, Fast X? Oh, no. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, really? Are you a fan of the franchise? Uh, I think I saw up to like three or four Mm -hmm. and then was like, uh, (laughs) bye-bye. That's Um, fair. I've I've heard Chris has been trying to convince me to marathon all of them because we both heard that the last few have been decent. Okay, I think you owe that to him, considering you're making him watch Vanderpump Rules from the beginning, which oh, is I absolutely am. insane. Because we all forget, we're going to get to Vanderpump Rules in a second, guys, don't worry. <laughs> I know you're all hankering to hear us talk about the reunion, but I always forget the early episodes or the early seasons of Vanderpump Rules are like, I mean, the entire show is a mess. It's a cast of villains. But you forget like, how coked up they were in the first few seasons so so coked up it's ridiculous i'm like do we do we remember that drugs are for nighttime right guys uh it's all the time for that (laughs) i've mentioned this to so many people i truly can't remember if i've ever mentioned it on the show but a fun game to play is to watch the early seasons of vanderpump rules while knowing that tequila is code for cocaine there's several code words for cocaine throughout the show. There are. Katie gets shit-faced in one episode and accidentally asks for a bump of tequila, <laughs> which is how you know it actually is true. And when they call her tequila Katie, even when I was very young watching the show, I was like, boy, she gets really angry when she drinks tequila. And it's like, well, she's not just drinking tequila. She's coked out of her mind. Yeah. Any reference to tequila, Katie, which <laughs> it's not tequila. It's not tequila. There's at one point, I think they're at a wedding or something, and uh, someone calls. I think Ariana calls Sandoval and is like, uh, "We all need tampons down here." Yeah, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> She's like, six bumps of tampons, and if you have an eight ball of tampons, that would be great for the after party." Yeah, it's uh, a, yeah. it's it's wild, and I'm just like, guys, I drugs during the day and on camera. Did you see the the little clip? of the finale where Raquel openly tried, like the cameras are already in the apartment 
when Sandoval comes over and she just like palms a bag of Coke off the counter and puts it in her pocket. They get a few of them in like transitional shots and in the background, Jack's in a scene <sighs> is fully, fully bent over a table about to do a line. <laughs> blowing lines right in, right, like, right in front of cameras. Sees the camera like straightens up and it's like, oh, Jax, we all know what you were doing. Um, yeah, the, the show is very different if you look at it through the lens of Sandoval being their drug dealer yeah. for many years, which mm-hmm. there's a theory that was like how the relationship with Rachel started, that he was her dealer, which when you consider that, it's like, oh, cool. So this older man was giving a younger girl drugs and then started an inappropriate sexual relationship with her. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> We've all been there. You know, it's part of growing up is what I've always <laughs> said. Uh, so before we really get into the reunion and all of that stuff, um, how are you? How did you fare during the the forest fire smoke and all that shit? Fuck you, Canada. <laughs> I um, I had to leave my apartment uh, to go to a doctor's appointment. Uh, and it was wild. Yeah. Um, you didn't leave the house, right? No. So I have really bad lungs. So like specifically on the news, they were talking to me and they were like, Allison, don't leave the apartment. So I was like, (laughs) all right. So truly today is the first time I've had the window open in three days. So that's nice. But, um, no, I saw so many pictures and videos though. It fully looked like Dune outside. It very much did. Um, I, I was surprised the amount of people who were just like raw dogging the air. She's like shocking to me. And like, listen, I'm not a doctor. Maybe if you have a certain genetic makeup, that's fine. I just can't imagine that it's good for you to inhale smoke literally all day. The, I, I was I was wearing a mask, obviously. And since I spoke to you, I have ordered N95s from Amazon good, 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 because good. I was like, this will happen again. Yes. For um, sure. Oh, you should also get um, an air purifier. I got one. Oh, shit. OK. And well, they're like back to Amazon. I go there. There's a shortage now, obviously, because so many people were trying to order them. So there might be a delay. But as you said, we're going to need it again. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, just getting like dirty looks from tourists who are visiting the city. They're like, ugh, liberals in their masks. What? And I'm like, you're going to, you're smoking like 8 million cigarettes right now. What's so crazy about that is like, do you not have eyes? Could they not see how fucking alien it looked outside? Like, were they still doing their little tourist bullshit thing? Like, oh, fully. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Oh my God. A block away from my doctor's office, there was a guy standing outside his job or something, and he had a mask on, but it was down around his chin, and he was just smoking a cigarette. And I was like, "Why? Why bother, sir?" Yeah, truly, truly, yeah. I why have the mask on? <laughs> I felt bad telling you that, but I was like, "Let's be real. This is not going to be the last time this happens with climate change, especially Canadian wildfires. Like, this is the beginning of their forest fire season, so we've just popped off. So, like." For sure, this is going to happen again. It, it was just kind of unusual because there was a, a weather front that kept the smoke over us yeah. for like three days, which sucked. <laughs> like truly, the AQI level was like 400, mm-hmm. which yep. is, I mean, to give you a comparison, it's like 40 now. And it's okay. It's been just declared safe for people to go outside. But 400 really was like, do not go outside. I had literally no idea that it was happening on Tuesday because I spent all the entire day at the beach. 
I saw you posting photos on the beach and I was like, oh my God. And then you sent me a photo of you and Chris together with masks on. And I was like, that's better. But also why the fuck are you guys outside? <laughs> well, I like at the beach, like if you were at the beach that I was at, you could Take not tell that anything right? was happening. And then by the time that I took an Uber home from the beach, I was so drunk. <laughs> so yeah, that's another thing. You were at Jacob Reese, right? Yes. Yeah. So I've never been sober at Jacob Reese. Like nope. I step mm-hmm. onto that beach and I'm the drunkest I've ever been. So yep. I figured it was partly that, that maybe you guys, oh, but also in the photos, it didn't look that crazy when you guys no, were there. It was like blue skies. Like, like I had literally no idea what was happening until I woke up the next day and was right. like, why is everyone freaking out? Did you see the TikTok of the person on their fire escape holding the boombox over their head and it's just playing the music from Dune? <laughs> I did not. I did the, see the cry. That sounds like Kurt Hummel from Glee. The, ah, that one. No, I've, I still haven't seen Dune. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. When can we watch it? Um, what like uh, Chris will be in the city because uh, he has to watch it as well. OK. Uh, he is house sitting for someone from this Thursday for like two weeks. So he'll be in the city straight. Okay, fun. And then I go to Wisconsin. So maybe when I get back from Wisconsin. Okay. Ooh, how long are you there for? I'm going to be there um, July. Am I doxing myself? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to be there for like five days for July 4th weekend. Mm. And if you could just read out Meredith's full address on the show, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> could you drop a pin real quick mm-hmm. so we can all meet there? Uh, yeah. So cool. When I get back, let's watch it too. Absolutely. Yay. And then are, do you think they're going to do that? Uh, like when part two comes out, they're going to put part one back in theaters okay. and have like a huge day. Yes. You're reminding me. We've had this conversation before and that was my devil's advocate. Cause I was like, what if it comes back in theaters and we could go see it in the theater? Cause that's how everybody should watch Dune in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you feel about watching it? And then if it does come out in the theater, going to see it in the theater. I'm down. Okay. I hope you like it. Cause seeing it twice, if you don't like it is. <laughs> A bit much. I just um, I remember when it hit HBO Max, RIP, um, yeah. and I put it on, I believe twice, and was like, <laughs> oh, cool, sand. <sighs> so, I, yeah, I think that's part of it, because I've watched it with other people who saw it in the theater, and they were like, I fully don't understand what's going on, and then I watched it with them. This happened with Mad Max Fury Road, too, and they were like, I understood it so much better watching it with you. Okay. So, just because I'm a nerd and I know the history of the characters and stuff. So maybe that'll help because I will say I love Denis Villeneuve, but like he really just drops you in the middle of it and he's like, figure it out, bitch, you know? But sometimes I love that. Me too. Me too. I don't want to be spoon fed everything, but truly the first time I watched it and we reviewed it on like trees and news, I was like, I give Denise so many props. Cause like, you know, he was getting studio notes that were just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is this? You're not explaining anything. <laughs> now you have, did I, do I remember the, the, correctly that you have not seen the original Dune? No, I have. That's the thing. Like a lot of franchises that I deeply love, I've never read the source text. So I've mm-hmm. never read Tolkien. Love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Love the new Dune. Don't like the old Dune, but I love David Lynch. It's like the only thing of David Lynch that I haven't seen, which okay. is weird. Because I also love Kyle MacLachlan because I, I ride hard for Twin Peaks, you know? Oh, yeah. I love um, him. So it's weird. It's weird that I haven't seen it. But no, it's, it's the new Dune that really... I think just because Denis really <laughs> fears powerful women. So like 
the Benny Gesserit are so cool in the new Dune. Like the the Eternal, uh, the the tribe of Eternal space witches basically are the Benny De- uh, Gesserit. I believe um, that's what your selling point to me when I was yeah. considering watching it the first time. You're like space witches, space witches. That's how I sell it to everyone because they're just like, ugh, I don't like you know high sci-fi, you know, like intellectual sci-fi, which is Dune. Dune is like the Rosetta Stone for everything that came after it, you know, Star Wars, like literally everything. Yeah. Um, and they're like, it's just too, too much. You know, the world is too deep and I get bored. And I'm like, literally all you have to know is space witches. That's Deal. it. <laughs> that was a selling point. And I mean, obviously the cast is amazing. Oh, it's like an A plus. I love every single actor in it. It's like the creme de la creme. And unlike Christopher Nolan, no offense, no offense, no offense. I am going to go watch Oppenheimer. Um, mm. Denis really gives his actors moments to shine in like a huge blockbuster, which is very difficult to do. Um, so I appreciate he takes good care of his actors, which I like. Um, I mean, between uh, what Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, and Dave Batista, I'm like, was this was this movie for me? Well, you forgot we have Timmy and Zendaya as well. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I was I was going for. Oh, hottie dads, hottie dads. Hot, hot, yeah. yeah, my type. Yes, uh, I absolutely. love Timothy, but he is a, a an absolute twink, not for me. And love Zendaya, him. we're just completely in the wrong ballpark. Goddess, at that point, yeah, goddess, but not to have sexual relations with. No, to just be like, great job, keep it mm-hmm. going, you're doing wonderful. Um, yeah, no, I th- and the uh, the sequel, the cast is even crazier. It's Austin Butler, it's Florence. Um. <sighs> Do you think, oh, yeah, Florence Pugh, I will, like, you can just tell me she's in something and I will absolutely Got watch it. it in a second. So good, yeah. Um, uh, do you think that What's-His-Face has his Elvis voice still? Okay, I'm very curious. to. I J, According to uh, Dave Bautista, not Jason Momoa, uh, Dave, he was on set with Austin and he said he sounded completely different. Okay. So I trust Dave. So... And you know, like Austin's a good actor. I I just think he kind of he got stuck in that voice. Which oddly, the guy who coached him is now coaching Timmy for Bob Dylan. Oh, so Timmy might get stuck in Bob Dylan <laughs> voice. Oh no! So stay tuned. I think it is like a method thing. They just have to talk that way all the time. Did you watch Elvis? I did. Yeah. I but I I enjoyed it. It was very like, you know, Lormany, um, mm-hmm. but. But about halfway through, I was like, I, I get what we're doing, but I'm, I'm going to need you to stop that Elvis voice, sir. Please yeah. stop it. I mean, also, like, Baz Luhrmann is the equivalent of, like, shaking keys in front of a baby, like his <laughs> mm-hmm. movies. It's just, it's a cut every second, an editing cut. It's just, like, bright colors, loud sounds, and it's, like, it's entertaining, but there's not many calories, you the, know? Yeah, the color red. Have you heard of the color red? <laughs> Perhaps you're familiar. <laughs> Would you like to look at it for two and a half hours? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I thought Austin was great, but it was just, um, you know, what really threw me off with that movie? Tom Hanks. Really, oh, yeah. really derailed that movie for me. And it was hard for me to appreciate anything because he was so bad. Yeah. Disastrous. Disastrous. R- surprising. I don't know why they didn't ask him to stop. Like, <laughs> I, I know he's Tom Hanks, but you're Baz Luhrmann. Like, get in there and be like, hey, interesting take on this character. Captivating. I'm really, really interested. Could you stop it? Yeah. This was this was the movie that he was filming when he got COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, because 
they were in Australia. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's right. That's when everybody started to take COVID seriously. Because Tom Hanks like, has it. Everyone you came panic. for America's dad. Like <laughs> fuck you, COVID. Yeah. Uh, so funny. Oh, this these the wildfires and the smoke are very triggering for Chris because the wildfires in Australia that oh, killed yeah. a billion animals happened right before COVID started. And he was like, it can't happen again. I just moved here. I can't. No, we're not doing this. So truly gatekeeping wildfires is the dumbest shit ever. But but if anybody has the right to look at New Yorkers and be like, that's cute. It's Australians. Mm-hmm. The fucking Californians who are like, well, we had it bad. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like no one had it relatively close to as bad as Australia. <laughs> no nope. wildfires. If you haven't Did literally seen a billion photos, animals die? Did a it, billion animals die? It no? looked like the end of the world if you saw the photos. Like truly I was like, oh no one's gonna make it out of that. Mm-mm. Um very scary. So oh something else I wanted to mention. So we got to see Muna at Stonewall because yeah. of you. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Um, but yeah, Did you like it? I loved it. Okay, so no shade. No sh- Can we mention who it was going to be before Muna or no? Uh, sure, why not? It doesn't matter anymore. Okay, so it was originally supposed to be Miley Cyrus. Yes. Um, I guess, let me back up. Uh, Stonewall has a tradition at the beginning of Pride Month that is this like a relatively new thing that you guys have a huge act come to Stonewall or has that always been a thing? Um, it has been for the last uh, since since the beginning of the charity Sigby. So it's usually right. Sigby that sponsors it and they use their connections to like between Jaeger, Jaegermeister and JetBlue and stuff. They use their connections to get a pretty like well-known performer. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Because I was like, who is booking this? So Originally, this year, it was supposed to be Miley Cyrus, and she had to cancel last minute. And obviously, we were very excited when we thought it was going to be Miley. Love Miley. Think she's a cool chick. Um, But then you were like, I'm so sorry it's not Miley. And I was like, oh, sad. And then you were like, it's Muna. And I was even more excited (laughs) because Muna obviously is not at the same level as Miley or like Taylor Swift, but they're on their way up and they are so fucking talented but they're still like real people because they're not that famous yet (laughs) yeah they were very nice they're so nice like i'm not to be that person who's like oh my god i saw this person for three seconds and she seems so nice and i have no idea what she's like outside of that moment but they are just the sweetest they sound fucking phenomenal live like no shade to but like, you know, it can be rough on that stage and like hearing yourself. And I was like, they sound really fucking good. I was there for their sound check because I got there insanely early because oh, I thought cool. that I was arriving before anyone got there and yeah. they started an hour early. Oh, wow. But then like crafting how using our sound system, which is not great, um, right. like to craft like their monitors and really like work on their sound. They really worked at it for like a, a uh, longer than other people have. Such Taylor gross. Swift came out with a guitar and was like, this is going to be it, y'all. <laughs> Guess what, bitch? You get one song. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blame her. Don't blame her in the slightest. Um, that makes sense because they sounded really good. That's, see, they're professionals. You can tell. I, I obviously would have loved Miley because I have been yeah. a fan since Hannah Montana. Literally watched Hannah Montana as an adult. But um, I think that it, it works a little bit better having a queer band open yeah. up Pride Month at Stonewall. For sure. And like Miley is bi, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it just the fact that they're all queer is sort of like uh, maximum gayness, which for pride is uh, appropriate. 
appropriate. Yeah. And last year, do, do you know who Fletcher is? I do. Yeah. Last year it was Fletcher and I had no idea who that was until that performance. And since then I've been like, hey, I like your music. Oh, see, the algorithm like just reads my ass every day. And they're like, Muna, do you want Muna? How about some Muna? So like uh, my friend who I brought, Tiffany, was just like, are you a fan of theirs? And I like, I'm truly such a fan that it was like so fun to see them. So I was hoping because I know their stuff. I was kind of hoping that they would play at least one of the two songs that I knew really well and they didn't, but I, they, it sounded beautiful. I have to quote them because obviously their most famous song is Silk Chiffon. So mm-hmm. everybody was waiting for that. So before they started playing it, uh, the and I'm sorry, I don't know their names. I'm a bad fan, but uh, Redheaded Lady <laughs> said, uh, fuck the police, eat ass here's Silk Chiffon and just <laughs> went into Silk Chiffon and it was the most amazing introduction to a song I've ever heard. So I had to give it up for them for that. Um, I did yeah. not know that song. You didn't know Silk Chiffon? That's like the number one song on Spotify. When I was telling, I, I looked it up and saw that and I was like, never heard this before. Uh, when so I was sending funny. it to people because I invited a few other people and when it wasn't Miley, they're like, I'm good. Um, they're like, I've never heard of that band. I sent them number one fan. Uh-huh. like obsessed with that song and the cover of Britney Spears sometimes they did for the Fire Island soundtrack. Oh, funny. <laughs> Those are the two songs I know. Okay. Yeah, that that tracks. Uh they are weirdly like a queer band that I think a lot of straight people listen to. Yeah. Which might be part of the reason you've never heard Silk Chiffon. That that is like all they played anywhere for a long time. Um hmm. the spaces I was in, so that's why I'm like maybe straight people like them more than I think. Um but, oh, yeah, and I wanted to give it up for Zoe Zephyr, too, who spoke um, because mm, this mm. is through the Stonewall Foundation. It's always this, like, marriage of entertainment and important political issues, which obviously right now with all of the anti-trans, anti-drag queen bills across the country is pertinent, <laughs> I would say. Um so Zoe Zephyr spoke. She's um, a representative from Montana. Uh, she's transgender. And I just thought she was such a fucking badass. She's so cool. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen her on uh, TikTok a lot. And I'm just yeah. like, like should, the way that she speaks and is really able to like really like stay composed while she's talking about horrific things that are happening to the community and to her. I'm just like, I will listen to you talk for hours. And not only that, but like inject optimism into yeah. the conversation. Like my friend who was with me, Tiffany, uh, first of all, recognized her before we went upstairs. I think from TikTok, she was like, she's a politician. I've seen her talk before and she's awesome. Um, but then after she spoke, Tiffany was like, I really, really needed to hear that because <laughs> I needed to like feel hope. You know, oh. I don't think it's enough to just list the bad things that are happening because people, a lot of people can't see a different future. And for someone like Zoe's effort to get up there and be like, yeah, these bad things are happening, but guess what? We're going to fucking win. Like you right. just need to hear somebody say that <laughs> just to keep going, to get out of bed in the morning. So I think she's, she's really cool. Like, you know, when you see a politician where it's like, okay, she's going to be a player, you know, mm-hmm. I think Zoe's got it, whatever it is. Um, I do have a slight bone to pick with you oh, about, yeah. The Stonewall Party. Oh, my God. Okay. I think I know what it is, but go ahead. Uh, You uh, robbed me of the opportunity to get you absolutely shit-faced. Oh, okay. This is not it. I have a confession. (laughs) What did you think it was? I have a confession to make to you. Okay. Let me just say it was an accident. 
Okay. Okay. I did not mean for this to happen. So we originally were standing, um, not at the back of the room, but like halfway back, um, mm-hmm. right behind where the the seating area was. And it got very crowded very quickly with a lot of tall people who weren't super good about um, being aware of how their bodies were moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like crushing us, basically. So I told Tiffany, I was like, I'm going to try to move. And if I can get a better spot, just come find me. And she was like, okay. Because she was faring a little better. She's much taller than me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved and I moved and I moved. And I was just kind of like going with the flow. And I finally found... Um, a kind of empty area. So I stood there for a little bit. I was watching the show. Tiffany finds me <laughs> and she makes her way over and she goes, you know, you're in the VIP section, right? <laughs> and I was like, what? And it was all of the performers. I like looked behind me and like all of the drag queens, all of the other performers were just, and they were just like talking amongst themselves, like completely unbothered. They did not give a shit. I was there. I was just kind of like, oh shit. And we just stayed there the whole show. But Tiffany was sending me photos afterwards of Muna and she's like, you can't really see us because we're in the dark. And I'm like, no, that's good because I fully was not supposed to be in that area. (laughs) So there's no photographic evidence of me being there. So I thought you were going to be like, I looked over and I saw you in the VIP section. Oh, no, that place is that the the space is so small that like VIP area is just laughable. That's what I figured. And like once we showed up, there were a couple other girls who like sought refuge in the same area so i was like okay this is just happening but yeah i because you don't make drinks you make like alcohol bombs yeah and like i warned tiffany i was like you're gonna get a drink from charles and even if you tell him not too much it's gonna be the strongest drink you've ever had (laughs) so just be braced and she was like okay so yeah um the last time you got us properly destroyed was for Meredith's birthday. Yes. We got real drunk. Meredith lost her phone, mm-hmm. which is how I knew she was drunk. Um, I got a phone call from the taxi driver of whose uh, car she was in when she lost her phone. And he was like, uh, do you know Meredith? <laughs> I was like, I do, sir. I do know her, in fact. Yeah. But we got her phone back to her. We did it, fam. Yeah, I, I I was like, oh, like Al- there's a, there's a crowd, whatever. Like when when everyone starts uh, leaving, Allison will come over to the bar and we'll do uh, sh- a bunch of shots. And then I looked up and you were gone. No, <laughs> son of a See, bitch. When I when I even consider doing shots now, I have to immediately cancel the next day. <laughs> like whatever <laughs> I was gonna do, it's a wash. We got to reschedule it. And I think I had something to do the next day that was because it was like the middle of the week, right? Uh, it was a Thursday? Thursday. So I had shit to do on Friday. So I was like, absolutely. (laughs) I kept telling Tiffany, I'm like, remind me I have to work tomorrow. And this is Uh, not the weekend. And she was like, yeah, same for me. Like, I actually have to go to work tomorrow. So that's the reason we didn't get turned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if there were slightly less people, I would have been like walking over with shots to you. I figured, but whatever. Believe me, worked out for the best. And I got to see Muna. So I was very happy. Everybody go listen to Muna if you haven't listened to Muna. And uh, and for some reason, Mariah Lynn. Yes. Yeah. Don't know why. Yeah. Didn't yeah, yeah. didn't hate it, but it was weird. It was a little weird. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Let's talk about the Vanderpump Rules reunion. <sighs> yeah, I've been I, go ahead. seething at the mouth to watch the last part of it for weeks now. 
And I kept getting the timeline of the episodes messed up because there was supposed to be the finale and they obviously filmed a new finale. Right. So I was like, it's, it's coming. Like I had it all planned out. I've been watching it with uh, my boyfriend because um, he loves the show as well. And we've like even waited full days to watch it together. And I was like, you need to come over right now. Yeah. I need to watch the show. <laughs> Yeah, or I will was, watch it without you. I'm sorry. The crazy thing about this has been, like, I feel like the scandal has been happening for so long. And yeah. it hasn't been, like, diminishing returns. Like, it's still been full throttle the whole time. Like, people are so worked up about it. And, you know, like, listen, I don't want to be, there's this weird backlash happening right now where people are defending Rachel a lot and calling the other girls bullies. And I, I do. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I do think that the the very last episode, um, especially the, the last five minutes, um, they were able to somehow paint her in a sympathetic light. And I do think that out of the two of them, she feels remorse and he yes. fully doesn't. I agree. I, I also think like, listen, I'm not a psychiatrist or, or a psychologist. I don't want to like, you know, diagnose people. There seems to be stuff going on with her. Mm-hmm. That like either she's not processing things in real time or as deeply as other people do. She has a lot of like strange reactions. Like she smiles a lot when she shouldn't. So maybe Asperger's. I don't know. But or do you think that's spectrum. part of her like her beauty queen training? I you know what it might all be an amalgam. It might all be part of the weird little cocktail that makes Rachel you know it might be her parents seem fucking weird and had her in the pageant system from the time she was a little girl I don't know what happened to her during that time you know so we don't know each other's pasts right so something bad might have happened to her um she certainly has weird competition stuff with other women Mm -hmm. because that's how she was raised she seems to not process emotions in a typical way so, like, there's a lot going on with her that I'm like, I think if she comes back next season, we're going to see a very different side of Rachel. Once she's had too. a time to to sit with it, to honestly, like, get some therapy, I hope, and realize Sandoval fucked her. Like, I think if she comes back and turns on him hard and is just 100% honest because she's still holding stuff back. Um, oh yeah, even that that last five minutes, her little extra interview, she was yeah. like, "He doesn't want me on camera saying any of this." Which, by the like, way, we're I, I have to give it up for that producer because there's a moment where you can feel him being like, "Should I push her a little more?" And then he does, and she starts crying. Yeah, and I wasn't happy that she was crying. I just knew she was about to tell the truth, and I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> "If that producer hadn't leaned on her a little bit, I think she might have just kept repeating what Sandoval told her to say." And like it's it's weird because he's like, "Are you lying to me right now?" And she's like, right. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And you can see her kind of break where she's like, "But lying's bad." Mm-hmm. And and Sandoval asked me to lie, so what does that mean? You know. Um, but yeah, I think if she comes back and she just has to tell the truth about literally everything, no matter how bad it lo- makes her look in the short term, and then turns on him hard, I think she could have a redemption arc. Do you think I, I do think that she could have a redemption arc? That doesn't mean that I'm ever going to fully love her. I never really loved her to begin with. But if she's a hundred percent honest, okay, so like because this is how I felt about Kristen in early mm. Vanderpump. Kristen was a mess. I mean, they all were, but she was like villain number one on that show for a while. And then all of the shit about Sandoval came out 
where it was like, oh, he's a fucking liar. He was gaslighting her for months and when he was hooking up with Ariana. And then she came back and everybody loves Kristen because she got mature and she cops to everything. But in the same way, Jax cops to everything. He's like, yeah, I was a piece of shit. I was a liar. I have no excuses. I was a bad person. Yeah. People have tried to like, I, Jax is a terrible person and I absolutely love him. Um, But (laughs) people were trying to talk to me about it and they're like, well, what's the difference between Jax doing it to literally every girlfriend he's ever had on the show and Tom doing it behind Ariana's back? And I was like, Jax tells people to their face, I'm going to cheat on you probably. Well, not only that. That's not a great quality, but at least he's like knows who he is as a person. But also the fact that Sandoval keeps throwing this back in their faces to Jax, to James, where he's like, you guys cheat too. James was like, when I was 23, like, what are you saying now, dude? You're like in your 30s. You're an old man now. And you're still using these excuses from when we were 20. That's what's pathetic. Uh, uh, 40, 40. Oh, I'm sorry. His stinky 40-year-old cock, I believe was the quote. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) 40-year-old cock. Yeah, like, it just, it doesn't fly anymore. It's not cute. It wasn't really cute when y'all were in your 20s either, but it was like permissible, but... I do think that it was very interesting when Andy was like, to be fair, everyone on the stage, with the exception of Lisa and Katie, are cheaters. It's so important (laughs) to remember. It's always so important to remember that this is a cast of villains because, and I hate to say this to everybody, they're all going to disappoint you eventually. Like, even Ariana is going to do something that she's going to fuck up. People are going to get mad at her. It's just inevitable when you're in the public and you're a person, you know, like you make mistakes. But it's all how, like, you handle it. And I think, weirdly, Jax and Kristen are two really good examples of they both came back much more mature. And they're both in, like, stable relationships now. You know, who knows what goes on in those relationships. But ostensibly, they're stable now. And they are just very honest about when they were assholes on the show. That's really all you need to do. Yeah. But between Tom having like zero remorse and I don't think that they on Schwartz, I don't think that they put I don't think they pressed him enough no, for everything he really, that he knew. He, he was, was having like in the Matrix dodging. Full panic bullets. attacks during that yeah. show. Oh, did you you sent me the clip of uh Tamara being like that wasn't Xanax in the bottom? Because yeah. mm-hmm. she's like the pills didn't make the right sound. I was like, <laughs> Oh my god, you pill head. That's like well, next level. After after she said that, I was like you're right. He's those right. pills, those sounded way too big. Way too big. Once she said that, I went back and I watched it, and they sound like vitamins, like horse yeah. vitamins. Yeah. Um, I, I, I even saw. Uh, I think it was TMZ or something. Lala's already walking back. Yes. Raquel and being like, she might, she, she can be a better person. I hope she's getting the help she needs. And it, listening to their podcast because now I listen to all of them. Yeah, you're I obsessed. All of them. Um, Lala's Katie well Katie doesn't have one but Katie's been on them Sheena's even Kristen's and I don't really I still don't really like her Mm -hmm. Um, but listening to all of those and at least for most of the time all of them have said uh, I think she's a terrible person and I hate her I hope she's getting the help she needs but then watching Lala be like yeah I probably film with her again now after watching the finale that just happened well that was the thing like they all needed to calm down because emotions were so high you know um and also they see the writing on the wall. Like if you want to continue to be on this show mm-hmm. and the fulcrum of drama is Rachel and Rachel is coming back. Me, yeah. her family doesn't want her to, but if she comes back, you're going to have to film with her. The only thing that I'm like, 
I really don't know how this is going to happen is Ariana and Rachel. So I'm I, like, I honestly, I'm, I'm hoping the rumor is true about Ariana and Katie's spinoff. So this is what I pitched when I was thinking of what the producers could do next. I was like, make the new hub something about her. Yeah. And they've started to post videos of some of the girls who work there and they're all hot. So I was like, it kind of feels like a, a pump situation, you okay. know, where there's like a bunch of cute employees. Maybe we can like follow their lives because um, that's the only thing I can think to keep that group together. I know Kristen and Jax are pitching like a village show of the the people who live like in suburbia now. Okay. Which would be... Sheena, Kristen, Jackson, Brittany. And Lala. Lala lives next door to Sheena. Lala and Lala. So them. But then that cuts out Ariana and Kristen. Yeah. So I'm like, the only way I can see it happening is if something about her is the new hub and Ariana bites the bullet or or Rachel just doesn't come back. I, I think that she would. Like, I think that the show has kind of ruined her as a person. Oh yeah, or at least broken her several times because even even before Scandal, she was, and before she'd done anything wrong, really, she was just like this naive little pageant person. Um, they treated her horribly. That's what they do. Anytime there's a new person in the group, they treat them like absolute shit. But what you have to do, I think Sheena was the best example of this. You just eat shit for like years and Mm -hmm. then you're in the inner circle yeah (laughs) it's like literally how it happened i think the only person no lala got it too they kept calling her a whore yeah Mm -hmm. yeah lala got it bad too anybody who's new james james cries every time he talks about how the men didn't accept him (laughs) he's like so hurt yeah he's so hurt that they rejected him but like they do it to everybody everybody that's why like you can't really sympathize with any of them because it's like Katie mean girls the shit out of every new girl. Yeah. Because she's territorial and she feels insecure, so she lashes out. Can't relate. You know? I can't relate. I Um, I think Katie, like, now I'm on season two with Chris, and she's starting to finally get, like, storylines more than just, like, Stassi's friend. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Her little henchwoman. She was, like, her henchwoman. Yeah. 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 She's, like, when, if you, if like, if you saw cheerleaders in any teen movie, she was the one on the, on the right behind the main cheerleader (laughs) every single time. Katie on the right. That's what we called her. Yeah. And I was telling Chris, I was, like, we, we eventually like Katie. She's, she's a mean girl, but, like, she, she really goes through it. Like, she has her moments. As she gets older, she gets, like, good witchy vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, like, and this season really, if, if I didn't like her before, this season made me hugely sympathize with her because Schwartz was such a fucking Ooh. dick. And once you realize how insidious the fake nice guy routine is, mm-hmm. we can't relate, right? We've never known anybody like that. <laughs> no, not at all. I have like, never met never met someone like that. Never once. Never knew them for well over a decade. When that mask <laughs> like slips, you're suddenly like, holy shit, who is that? You know, and you're right. I don't think Schwartz got it even a little bit as much as he deserved it at the reunion because there was so much craziness happening around him that he kind of just like kept quiet and Andy didn't really grill him that much. But he's also going to have to have if he if he wants to come back 
he and Rachel are going to have to turn on Sandoval so hard. And with Schwartz, it's complicated because it's like, what the fuck is he going to do with the business? Yeah, I I can't imagine how long it is for at least it, it has to close. But who are, they, who are well, these people going to Sandoval's concerts? Who are they? So here's the thing, though. According to Matt Rogers on Las Culturistas, Tom Toms has been packed, even post-Scandoval. Wow. So I don't know if it's hurting their business. And, like, at first I was like, because Jax, you know, has been alleging that one of the business partners asked Jax to buy him out. Mm-hmm. So clearly, even if business is good, some of the business partners are getting cold feet, understandably. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, well, maybe Lisa could buy out Sandoval, but now she's going to Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know if she's going to want to do that. So maybe Schwartz can get somebody else. I don't know. But I'm like, I go back and forth because I'm like, I don't know if it's actually most restaurants go under. I think it, like 50% of restaurants go under in the first year. So they might just go under if the economy gets even worse, you know, but at least according to people I know who have been in the area, a lot of people go. And apparently the food got way better, too. At TomTom? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. I'm planning a trip to uh, Vegas in October, November, and I will absolutely be going to Vanderpump Paris. Is it going to be open by then? It's open now. Is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know it opened. That's where, that's where, isn't that where Raquel and um, Lala met Oliver? Because he's working for Lisa there. Oh, I didn't realize that was Lisa's place. I must yeah. have spaced. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, I yeah, you're right. Because he always works at Lisa's places. Okay, yeah. Um, cool. He's very hot. He's a fuckboy, though. Oliver? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, mm, no, thank you. He's hot, though. He's, he's handsome. Yeah. I can understand um, why they were both like, I want to kiss that man, but. yeah. Garcelle, Garcelle's jeans are oh, of course. <laughs> um, I also like the I didn't realize in watching this in watching the show back now that Tom Schwartz wasn't really a character for the first few seasons because oh, really? now Christopher refers to him. OK, so he has nicknames for everyone now. <laughs> oh, he I calls, love this. He calls Stassi Stacy. Yep. because he's that like Stassi is not a real name. That would drive and I was nuts. like, yeah, he's like, you, 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 you keep telling me that this Raquel person's real name is Rachel. So that Stasi cannot be her real name. And I was like, it's short for Nastasia, but sure, whatever. <laughs> um, and every time that Tom Schwartz comes, comes up on the screen, it says Tom Schwartz, Katie's boyfriend. So that's his full name now. Oh, so that's he got on the show because of Katie. Yeah. And he didn't work. He like, literally in the episode or two that we just watched beforehand, he asks Lisa for a job finally. Oh, interesting. Okay. Did, I forgot that he didn't work there. He also calls uh, Villa Blanca Vanilla Banana. <laughs> He's such an idiot. Like, here's the thing. Who do you think has aged the worst? Because I think it might be Schwartz. Mm, like, physically? Yeah. Because um, the women all hold it together. They do. Um, yeah. I, I, actually, I would actually say, I mean, I know that he's, like, ripped now, but Sandoval, I don't think, I think that his, like, he, you can tell how old he is now, which I, is not a dig, I, but, like, he looks thing. his age. If I can stand up for him for a second, which you will never hear me say again, I really think his personality is changing how people think he looks appearance wise. Because if he was the nicest guy in the world and he shaved that stupid mustache, he still looks <laughs> good for his age. For his age, yes. I think he's. But still I think 
I think that Schwartz still has a tiny little bit of a baby face, and now his glasses are covering up a little bit of whatever's going around his eyes. Yeah, that's true. Um, so anything else you wanted to talk about, about the reunion about? Um, I mean, I, I love that Ariana's thriving. Yeah. I love her brand deals. Did you see her Duracell one? She is like not resting and I completely get it. Cause it's like, you have to strike while the, while the iron is hot and Make she's got money. like maybe 30 seconds left before people are sick of her <laughs> mm-hmm. like turn on her, which is going to happen. Mark my words. Um, yeah, I saw the, the battery thing was so funny. Anything that really like is a fuck you to Sandoval is very funny to me. Like the fact that he thought buying batteries means he's a good boyfriend. <laughs> That's, that's so, so stupid. I have to say the cringiest moment for me during the reunion was when Sandoval made the t-shirt comment. <gasps> that was fucking foul. A- Andy was like, that was the moment I knew he had like buried himself completely and it was irredeemable. So like, if you missed it, they were talking about the fact that Ariana and Sandoval allegedly didn't really have sex anymore. Then Ariana fired back that she had sex with him after he had had sex with Rachel. And he's like, oh, when you had your T-shirt on the whole time? Yeah, that was hot. And the way everybody responded, it was like such a record scratching, like halt. Like Schwartz looks like he wants to die. Yeah. And that was was the first moment I was like, oh, I think maybe he's starting to understand that this man is a bad man. It was a disgusting comment. It was um, disgusting. It was awful. I, I and it's funny, like when they're asking Tom, "Have there been other women besides Raquel while you were with Ariana? Have you slept with anyone since Raquel?" And Ariana's just like, "Uh, me." And yeah, that's when hi. he makes the, the T-shirt comment. Yeah, and I was like, as if you've never, if anyone with their partner has never had like, okay, I'm not fully naked. Like, I want to have sex with you. Quickie. Like, whatever. I'm still, yeah. I'm keeping my shirt on for a second. Like. Not necessarily like let's get this over with, but like cool, no, yeah. Like, let's all right. Let's roll around in bed on. for a minute. Socks on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like that's that's something that happens in relationships when you're with uh, people. As if you have to be like fully nude or like wearing lingerie or something every time that you have sex with your partner. Like well, all right, dude. Also, this woman has been talking about the fact that she had body image issues. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to being like maybe she doesn't feel comfortable being naked around me, and I should tell her how hot she is. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He like he flips it and he weaponizes it at his convenience to be like, oh, well, you wouldn't even take your fucking shirt off, which is why I like cheated on you. It's like, you are insane, dude. Oh, and, and nope. when he said there was one other comment he made. I mean, not one other comment. He's disgusting. But the other comment where I was like, yo, was when he said to Lala, you ripped your IUD out the day you found out Stassi was pregnant. Was oh, so yeah. disgusting. Gross. <laughs> I was like, you're so gross, dude. Like there were just these moments where it was like, there he is. That's the real guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it what like he not one. I, I think Lisa defended him a little bit too much and she might have to because they're business partners now. Um, I think that she oh, came to his defense too much. And when she's giving him that little pep talk in the dressing room before they come back, she's like, she is right. You are showing no remorse. You need to actually have emotions right now. And all you've been is angry all day. But then do you buy that the emotions he showed after that were real? Absolutely not, no. But here's the thing. I don't think he's a good enough actor to I, cry well, I think, like that. I think I find, I think finally those tears were real. 
Yeah. But I think, I think it was him. For himself. Yeah. I think he's crying for himself. I think yeah. he's like crying because he's frustrated because he wasn't able to change any of the narrative the entire day. You're so right. Because, oh, you know, it was a great moment when Ariana started calling him out on his tactics mm -hmm. where she's like, and now you're not even going to let me finish my sentence because you know that you can win that way. Like because he has that belief that you shouldn't let anyone finish their point so you can disorient them and control the conversation. Yeah. If anyone's ever saying something that's not true about you, don't let them finish their sentence. Right. That's it. Yeah. yeah because yeah. he's coached her in the past. So she yes. knows how coached Raquel is right now. Yes. And that's the thing. Everybody knows his fucking patterns now. And they're just like all over him. And he's fucked. He's once they could see the patterns, he can't escape it. It's over. You know, there was a, there was a little bit of one point where I think that like I, I enjoyed Lala popping off a lot, mm. but by the by episode three, when she's still standing up and screaming at everyone, I'm like, all right, all right, Lala. So yeah, here's the, I mean, Lala is like a, <sighs> Take a pit breath. bull. She's a pit bull. Like when she gets going, like and I love and that about her. I love that about her too. And she knows that about herself. Um, but by part three, it definitely started to feel like I started to feel bad for Rachel because she's not smart enough to defend herself. Mm -hmm. And Lala and Ariana were just had their teeth in her so deeply that I was like, you could tell like she couldn't even put thoughts together to defend herself. And I was like, this is not fair. <laughs> like yeah. it's not a fair fight at this moment. And also it was frustrating because when that started to happen, all of the heat was taken off of Sandoval and Schwartz. Mm -hmm. And I was like, these two motherfuckers <laughs> arrange a little bullshit play, which by the way, Bravo that is like their number one thing. They're like, do not lie to us. Don't construct, don't try to inject storylines that you have pre-written. Everything's supposed to be real and authentic. Schwartz and Sandoval construct this little bullshit play where they're just repeating the pattern that happened with Kristen, Tom, and Ariana, which is we're introducing the new girl he wants to fuck, Rachel. Therefore, we have to paint the ex as a crazy Ariana. Mm -hmm. His still current girlfriend, not his ex even, but we have to make her look crazy so that it legitimizes Tom breaking up with her to get with Rachel. And they are deliberately trying to introduce that in the show. I know Bravo executives who have fired housewives over less. Yeah. For producing themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the and fact the that Andy didn't even bring that up. I'm like, dude. The Like this worked with Kristen a decade ago because she was highly suspicious, insecure, coked out of her face. Oh, Kristen knew everything. Everything. <laughs> and they then they gaslit her into thinking that she was an insane person. Right. Um and Ariana because she doesn't have like she's talked about her insecurities with her mental health and her body image issues, but when it came to her relationship, she had zero insecurities, so it didn't work turning her into the villain. Right. She should have, unfortunately. But she every single time in the last few episodes before Scandal broke, when people are trying to tell her things, she's like, "No, Tom, come over here. This yeah, is you're not going to talk about my boyfriend when he's not here." Blah blah, so blah 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 blah. It's so painful because she's like being she a great girlfriend and a great friend. She's like don't so talk, down for him. Don't talk about my boyfriend. Don't talk about my friend. Like mm -hmm. she was great. She was great, <laughs> and that's what was so painful about when everything came out and why everybody got so emotional because it was like. She could have turned on you and she didn't. And this is how she's thanked. Um, but anyways, guys, if you had asked me if we were going to spend almost the full hour talking about Vanderpump Rules, I would have been like, yeah, absolutely. That sounds right. Yes. Um, any feelings on Trump being indicted? 
I just briefly saw this uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh-huh. Um, very happy. Congratulations on being indicted, sure. Mr. Trump. Um, did you I'm, see the photos of the the bathroom with I all the did. boxes? Just like classified files spilled all over a dirty bathroom. Yeah. The transcriptions are very funny of him showing things to people that he wasn't <laughs> supposed to show. And he's like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> like, this is classified, but look at it. I'm look at it. The law right now. Like, could it be more fucked? Now, listen, do I think he's going to jail? No, no, mm. no. Former presidents don't go to jail in the United States. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But wouldn't it be cool? The first one, if he was the yeah. first one. Listen. There's a lot of counts against him, so it, it's not good. But also, um, here's what I could envision: uh, nothing fucking happens to him, and he wins the presidency. <laughs> uh, you think that? Wait, c- can you run if you have? This was like, my question, and unless he, I think if he's convicted, no. Okay. But I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. If there's like an ongoing trial, can he even run? I don't know. I don't know because like the the closest candidate to him is DeSantis and it's not close in see, terms of approval. See, this is this is the thing. DeSantis is there. I mean, they're both disgusting people. DeSantis is, I would say, inherently evil and Trump is stupid evil. Um, I, I would call them both inherently evil, but that's OK. Yeah. I think I think DeSantis is a little bit more insidious. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I buy that. But I I. As much as I'm like, okay, with Trump gone, there's only DeSantis. I would actually really like to watch them debate each other because oh it would be wild. It would be, but also I'm I'm flashing back to the first time he got elected when we were all just like, this is crazy. This can't happen. And then it was like the worst thing ever. So I'm like, I I don't feel good. <laughs> don't oh, yeah. Feel good. oh yeah. With, with, with what Trump's di- like responses to things be like, well, uh, I understand your question. Uh, your wife is ugly. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's like, what? "Yeah, what? he's such a boss. He just said his wife's ugly." Like that's the level of discourse we're at. I don't think the law matters anymore. I don't no. think it fucking matters that he had state secrets in his fucking bathroom. <laughs> like nobody can. What? Like it just doesn't matter anymore. Why? Okay, so do you think that he took them because he could, or do you think that he's like? At night, going in there, also cooked out of his face, just like reading through everything. Because he, I don't think the man can read. I think it made him feel powerful and like he had leverage. Okay. And while there's no proof he sold any secrets, I think he liked having the option of having that information. Okay. You know how like Putin always gets blackmail material on all of his friends and opponents? Mm-hmm. Just to have. If he needs it one day, you that's know? just good. That's just good presidenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a, a a golden parachute kind of, where it's like I'm gonna take a bunch of state secrets, and it's cool because like he can show it to party guests and stuff. But also, it's a little something in his pocket, you know, if he needs mm-hmm. to sell it or garner someone's favor, or you know, it, it was all bad intentions, right? I don't think it was like an accident. Like it couldn't be an accident. Oh, I don't think it was an accident. I was just like, is he just like hoarding secrets to hoard them? Or do yeah. you think that he's like enjoying I don't think the dude material. like him has a coherent plan. Mm-hmm. I think he's just like, this could benefit me, so I'll take it. And is then Melania he- down there with him? No. Okay, I I, I, I think they are like married only 
in paperwork terms. Okay. Yeah. I think she, the second she didn't have to do first lady duties anymore, she was like, bye. <laughs> Back to New York I go. Yeah, basically. Um. So yeah, that I didn't really have much to say beyond I don't think former presidents go to jail. Um, my recommendations, I will keep it short. I saw Spider-Man Across the Universe. <gasps> How was that? It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, it's just a fucking great time. The animation is so beautiful. Like, you know when you're watching something and you're aware while you're watching it, this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, it's just gorgeous. The All of the voice acting is top tier. Daniel Kaluuya plays Spider-Punk, and I am sad to say, I'm a 40-year-old woman. I'm completely in love with this cartoon character. <laughs> He's a tall British man who has a horrible attitude, and he's a punk. So, of course, I love him. Yeah. I would die for him. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is amazing. Oscar Isaac, uh, Jake mm. Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Shamik Moore. You, you really don't appreciate good voice acting until you see a movie with bad voice acting. <laughs> yep. And then you realize how good these actors are at it. So, yeah, highly recommend it. Go see it if you can. Um, yeah, I think it, it's interesting. I don't want to go into, like, the whole history of Sony's ownership of Spider-Man. Oh, Jesus. I know. But basically, Amy Pascal, who um, is responsible <laughs> for, like, everything good that's happened with Spider-Man, basically. Uh, she was put in a situation where due to uh, copyright stuff between Marvel and DC, she was only given certain Spider-Man characters to play with. So she got Spider-Man, Uncle Ben, Aunt May, um, an iteration of Mary Jane. Um, so like the core group and a bunch of villains and she was sort of like, well, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Because <laughs> we're going to be telling the same story over and over and over, basically. Yeah. Even though, like, the one thing they did have to their benefit is a ton of really great villains, which is really all you need, you know? Yeah. But that's where all of the multiverse stuff came from. Because they were like, how do we tell the same story over and over and over in compelling ways? And at first it was, let's get a new Spider-Man. So that was Tom Holland. And then it became, well, what if there's a bunch of universes? And so that's how they introduced Miles. Um, but it's interesting because the whole reason we have all of this multiverse stuff is, obviously it was introduced in the comic books and all of that stuff, but also it was just out of necessity because of copyright stuff. And that's really interesting to me because, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse deals with the canon stuff. Like, so Uncle Ben always dies, right? Mm -hmm. So what Across the Spider-Verse posits is the reason he always has to die is because that is a canon event for Spider-Man. If it doesn't happen, Spider-Man can't exist. Or Spider-Person can't exist because there are Spider-Women, so. He's like Batman's parents. Exactly. That's a canon event. If they don't die, there's no Batman. Right. So that's interesting. That's kind of a new concept. But what's even more interesting in Across the Spider-Verse is Miles posits, he's like, does that have to happen? Does that have to be true? Am I still Spider-Man if 
my Uncle Ben or my dad or whoever doesn't die. And that's really exciting because it's like, well, if that's true, then we can do anything with Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, I highly recommend it. Go check it out. Do you have anything you want to wreck? Um, I haven't been. I've been insanely busy. The last movie that I saw was The Little Mermaid. Uh, did you um, like it? I did. I had, I had some issues with it, but it, it was uh, gorgeous. Um, uh, Hallie is outstanding. She's great. Um, they have you seen it? No, no, no. My issue with it, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it, obviously. But my issue with why I haven't seen it has nothing to do with Hallie. I think Hallie is talented. She looks beautiful. She sounds great. So I always felt a little guilty that I wasn't more gung-ho about it because so many gross racists were like, that's not my Little Mermaid, you know, or whatever the fuck they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, m- my issue in general is with the the live action remakes. I don't think they're done well. I think they look cheap. Um, I usually think that about most of them. And I enjoyed this one because I did not enjoy Beauty and the Beast. I didn't watch Aladdin. I don't, I don't, Lion King. No, thank you. Um, the last one I saw, I think was Cinderella. And that was wow. a long time ago. Yeah. But I was I guess definitely going to watch this one. My issue always is that. I'm very aware of the limitations of live action, which is what's cool about animation. You can do anything with animation. Mm-hmm. And going from that to live action is always a little like, it's like when they tried to do Lion King and then they realized that animals don't emote like humans. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, it just looks like these animals are not reacting. Cause it's like, right. They wouldn't like <laughs> animals yeah. don't react like people, which is why the animation was better. So you had a human expression on an animal's face, you know? Right. So I'm just always aware, like, because I've seen those movies a million times, I have it burned into my brain how Flounder responded in this scene. (laughs) And now you Mm -hmm. have whatever the fuck that is, you have turned Flounder into next to Ariel, like, not quite responding right. And it's, like, completely takes me out of it. Yeah, I'm like, do we, like, in live action, do the animals that we're animating still have to look super hyper realistic? Yeah, or can that, they that, just can you make them slightly cartoony? Apparently that they had some meeting where they decided it's more important that the animals look real than are like interesting to look at, which is very odd to me. Especially for little kids. I'm like, little kids don't care about photorealism. They care no, they if don't. like the cool thing is cool to look at, you know? Yeah. Um they 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 changed a couple things uh, storyline wise. They changed some lyrics that were perhaps problematic. Um, Can I talk about that a little bit? Sure. <laughs> so like, listen, we're all woke. We know that the Little Mermaid has a lot of issues. Here's my thing. I think it is so cringe to hire Lin Manuel Miranda to write like a new woke song versus you're Disney. How about you write a new story about a new female protagonist and you, you know, acknowledge our world and how it's changed in all those wonderful ways and just create a new story versus going back to The Little Mermaid. Not that I have any kind of nostalgic attachment to it. Obviously I do, but like in terms of updating it, I'm like, whatever. But it's so forced and it's like that fake progressivism that just, it feels so cheesy and artificial mm-hmm. i think i think it, it it does a little bit i think that um i think bringing in lin-manuel like while he is incredibly talented yes yeah disney nobody else find, we couldn't find, find nobody else, else? <laughs> he, he's written so much 
I'm like, I know his style. I know his pattern. I know he's incredibly talented. But like, can we? I think we get someone else. I think this is another sign of Twitter brain, where Twitter collectively has moved into Lynn is cringe territory, mm-hmm. but average Americans still like him a lot. Because I guarantee you, Disney executives would not make that call if they thought the majority of Americans think he's cringe. Yeah. I think the majority of Americans found Hamilton last week. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, this guy's still great, you know, whereas the rest of us have been accustomed or been familiar with Lynn for a while. And now we're at the point where we're like, thank you. That's enough. You know? Yeah. He, um, uh, he did write, uh, a song for Prince Eric. Eric has his own song in this movie. Who, Um, who, it's real bad. Who was asking for Prince Eric to have a song? Not me. Not me. Like, nope. I don't know. The whole thing is just so it's odd. A, it's a terrible song. It's a, it's the worst part of the movie is Eric's song. Aquafina. I saw the scene with Scuttle and well, Scuttle was talking to Ariel. I think the, the scene I saw. Mm-hmm. It's so off-putting. Yeah. It's so odd. Like, that's a great example of somebody who um, isn't great for voice acting. I think just because she's so like that voice is so synonymous with her. Right. And it's like, Oh, it's Aquafina pretending to be a bird, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. And like, you don't get lost in the, like, I don't know, like Timon and Pumbaa, right? Like those voice actors were those characters. Cause nobody knew who the fuck they were. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, some people knew Nathan Lane, if you were like a real theater nerd or you liked the birdcage, but for the most part, little kids were like, that is Timon and Pumbaa. Now a little kid, well, not that maybe they would even know Aquafina, but like, it just feels wrong, right? Yeah, it it was a little, I mean, I'm listen, I, we can all be happy that she, for the most part, has dropped her black scent. Did um, she? So she did. There's, there's still a little, okay. there's still a little something there where I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And listen, I don't, I think Aquafina is really talented. I never got to see her in that like serious film she did, but apparently she's like a good actor. So I hope she gets more opportunities to do stuff like that. But this just felt oh, like what such was that movie. I think uh, I know what you're talking the about. The Inheritance. Was that it? Uh, the Farewell. The Farewell. The Farewell. Mm-hmm. I did want to see that. Uh, but yeah, she, I heard that's great. I saw, did you see Renfield? No, I heard that was real bad. Um, it is. I mean, if you if it, it it's not a great movie, but it is a fun movie. There's a lot like there's a lot more violence in that movie than I thought there was going to be, mm-hmm. and it's very funny. But Aquafina plays the straight man in that movie. Oh, that's fun. And Reed hated it because really? he was like, she's supposed to be funny. I want oh, her to be funny, and I was like, what? she she's allowed to be the straight person every once in a while. See, that's the thing. Like, she can't fucking win. Like, if she did what I want her to do, people would be like, "This is boring. You're supposed to be funny." <laughs> so, like, she really can't win. So, get that check, Aquafina. Mm-hmm. Get it. Um, cool. On that note, we totally went over time because apparently we had more thoughts and feelings about Vanderpump Rules <laughs> than I originally thought. Uh, I, all the feelings. Where can people hear your thoughts on movies? Um, they can listen to my podcast, which is on our um annual Pride Break right now. Oh, <laughs> we don't okay. record during the month of June because well, they can catch the scheduling up. is insane. But yeah, you can yeah. listen to uh Dirty Little Horror uh wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen to my advice podcast that I do with Christopher called Dirty Little Helper. <laughs> um, and it will then, make me laugh every time. 
I believe you helped name the show. I know. I'm hilarious. <laughs> um, and then I believe after we come back from our hiatus, uh, to complete the trifecta, Reed and Chris will also have a show together I and our it. little um, podcast network that we're creating. Are they also calling it Dirty Little Something? This is the thing. I oh, I got so upset because the original idea was for them to watch, and I know it would be limited, but there's so many episodes. They were going to watch Desperate Housewives and call it Dirty Little Housewives. <laughs> and it fits in perfectly. Well, they were going to go episode even, by episode. Then they could even spin off and do Real Housewives. I know. Especially since they got Chris addicted to Salt Lake City. Um but then they then they started talking and they're like, oh, maybe maybe we won't do uh, Desperate Housewives. Maybe we'll do another another show that has a million episodes, like Once Upon a Time. And I was like, that doesn't fit into what we're doing. Yeah, it's your show. Do whatever you want. But I'm angry. <laughs> I will say one thing in their defense, which is there are so many Housewives podcasts. I know that like trying to get in on that at this point is so maybe it would be better to go way For more Desperate niche. Housewives. I think there are a lot of podcasts about it. Oh, I don't know. Come on. Desperate Housewives Podcasts. Let's see. Yeah, so Wisteria Gaze. Okay. Um, there's just a channel called Best Desperate Housewives Podcasts. <laughs> All so right. Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast, Desperate Tales from Wisteria Lane, Wisteria Gaze. So yeah, there's a few. That's, here's the thing, though, at this point, because now podcasting has been a thing for like 20 years. Yeah. There's eight shows for everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like they should just do what they makes them the happiest and they would be the most excited to talk about for an extended period of time. That's but why, also, honestly, that's why I pivoted with this show to talk more about pop culture, because I'm like, yeah. I can't fucking just talk about politics. I mean, you, you did that for over a decade, so... Yeah, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. I did my part. <laughs> yeah, listen, they, they, should, they should be happy. They should record whatever they want. I'm not on the show. I don't care, but also, listen to me. <laughs> you, you've never been wrong, so... Listen, this is the second year of tell everything I've told Chris for all of 2022, and so far, everything <laughs> of 2023, is the year of Charles being right. We're in the second year of that. such a crazy thing to say. Everything I said to you in 2022 was right. <laughs> Listen, you can you can ask him that because he noticed it. He's like, why do you keep telling me things that are absolutely true that I disagree with but turn out to be right? And I was like, because I'm right. <laughs> so funny. Uh, well, cool. Everybody, please go listen to Charles's podcast. Catch up during the uh, the Pride hiatus. Thank you for taking time to do this episode during Pride. You're welcome. Appreciated. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Oh, follow Charles on social at Charles Rockhill. Follow me at Allison Kilkenny. Follow the podcast at Light Treason Pod. If you're a fan of the show, go to patreon.com slash my name, Allison Kilkenny. You can become a member for as little as $5 a month. Oh, and I know I'm I'm behind on some messages over there. I will catch up eventually. Sorry, guys. It's been crazy. Um, and thank you for all of the ongoing support. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>